Stay true, stay real, stay righteous. What do you have to drink tonight, Chris? I think I'm going to have a little sexual... Sexual chocolate! Ooh, sexual chocolate. Chocolate is an aphrodisiac, isn't it? (laughs) I think so, yeah. Fact! This is is by a company out of North Carolina called... uh, Called Foothills Brewing Company. Uh oh. And this is in the Foothills, their... I presume. <laughs> Located in the Foothills. And this is their famous sexual chocolate imperial stout. Imperial. Ooh, ooh. When I got the feeling, I need some sexual chocolate. Oh, Marvin Gaye's excellent. Ooh, baby. <laughs> I can't wait for you to operate. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, being Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It really got me thinking about how Thanksgiving was for us growing up. Oh, for us? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, you know, we were like a lot of people, and we always had kind of like a big family get-together on Thanksgiving. Um. Yeah, I was going to say, to to me, I recall it being very typical. <laughs> very typical Tip- Typical. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all, you know, our, our grandmother, we would always go to her house. And this is on my, my dad's side of the family, the Hamiltons. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'd always have a big dinner there. And, um, you know, it, I mean, it was always fun because we got to see, you know, all of our family members. And we got to hang out with all of our cousins. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of our favorite things to do when we would go over here while we were waiting for the food to get ready we would hook up xboxes the original xboxes mm-hmm. oh yeah way. yeah we would we would <laughs> land up so so hold on to, to give a little a little backstory so at our grandmother's house there was this apartment that was built onto it mm-hmm. it was like an extension of the right. house mm-hmm. correct and for a while, nobody was living in it. It was just this, you know, empty apartment Vegas. space that was there. And so, during these holidays, we would we would go into this apartment. We would use all the furniture and TVs. You know, sometimes we would bring our own TVs also, and we would hook up and we would play Halo Two. Yeah. And this was, of course, this was back like in Halo's prime. I need a we've, weapon. We've said <laughs> we've said this before. I think we've talked about how this is kind of the prime of Halo. Was Halo Two. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I think they actually just released a new Halo. Halo yeah. Halo Infinite. Yeah. yeah I haven't played it. I haven't tried it either. I've got the uh, I've got the the multiplayer uh, queued up to download, but uh-oh. I haven't had the time to. I haven't had the mm. uh, the bandwidth the bandwidth to, to give yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, it's still, we're still releasing Halos. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so this was a, this was during the Halo Two original Xbox time. And, yeah, we would bring our Xboxes over, mm-hmm. and we would play um, Halo 2. And we had, you know, our different teams. And I remember uh, me and our cousin Joey, which we've actually had on here before, mm-hmm. we would always like to team up together and play against either you Just, and uh, his and his younger brother or our other cousin Trey or whoever else is going to play. But we always had our team. We called ourselves the, uh, the uh, Irish... Uh, 
<laughs> what was it? Something, something along the lines of the the Irish Hog Brothers or something like that. <laughs> it was something, something stupid, something weird like that. We were the so so our emblem was like some kind of shamrock emblem. Remember, you can oh, make your yeah. own emblems for your Spartans or whatever. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, custom we, it had your yeah. colors or whatever. You mm-hmm. make your own badge or whatever. And um, and so ours was some kind of shamrock look or whatever. It was greens and stuff. Shamrock showed Somehow down. we associate we decided to associate associate that with uh, you know, being Irish. I don't know. So I guess our Spartans <laughs> were Irish Spartans. <laughs> they're from they're from the iron the Irish Black Watch. <laughs> they're the toughest. They're, they're, tough. they're two Welshmen. No, <laughs> but anyways. <Toughest>. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, so they we were the we were like the Irish, uh, Hog Brothers, mm-hmm. but and the reason we were the Hog Brothers is because we always like to tag team with the with the Warthog, right? So for anybody that's ever played any of the games from the series, they will know that one of the classic vehicles that's available to your disposal or at your disposal, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Arsenal, yes, Master Master Chief's Arsenal. Which is the main protagonist? In right, the, game. the Master Chief. Since the beginning it's of Halo, it's kind of like a Captain America, isn't it? <laughs> right? He, I mean, he is. he's like he's a super, like, he's like yeah, a super he's soldier, like a super right? Soldier, right. <laughs> but but in this aliens. game, yeah, you're sort of fighting these aliens, <laughs> right? Classic. I mean, pretty much. But uh, without giving the whole backstory of Halo, we'll have to do that another time. Right. Essentially, in this game, there are there are vehicles that you can use as to help you travel and fight your enemies. And since the dawn of this game, from the very, very first one that was ever created, there's been this vehicle that's followed it all the way through the series called the Warthog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's essentially... It's right. been in the first, since the first game. It's essentially kind of like this all-terrain truck mm-hmm. that has, like, a giant turret on the back. And right. And traditionally... Well, it's kind of like, tradi- like a military Humvee. Right, kind of like a... Yeah, Jeep like hybrid. A, right. Highly and mobile, versatile. You know, and it's it's power. You know, it's weaponized with with a giant um, a turret on the back, <laughs> either either a machine gun or later on in the series they started introducing some that had like rocket launchers and stuff mm-hmm. on them because it's like they were they versatile. Real Anyways, the point is, is that it, you know you could when you played against people in multiplayer, you had access to some of these vehicles as well, and of course the warthog was one of them you could use in the multiplayer as you're reversing people. Yeah, <clears throat> so. So Joey and I, that was something we would always try to go for. We would go try to grab a warthog on any map we were playing and just try to wreak havoc with it. So we were the, you know, the Irish hog brothers. Right. Uh, you had a driver and a gunner, yeah. And the, the unfortunate thing was we, we weren't very good at it, <laughs> to say the least, but we always did it. You tried. So I guess it was kind of, it's kind of the, the, de- the definition of insanity, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? You know, you keep doing the same thing, expecting <laughs> different results. Expecting a different outcome. Like, yeah. like we we weren't successfully winning any games through using the <laughs> tactic like, of just because that was the weird thing. It was like the the, the warthog. It's like you're in a military science fiction. I, I don't time know. Loop. It, it depends. You had to be. You had to really <laughs> be synchronized playing because you had the issue of the person driving, so you could hold up to three people in it, right? So. Uh, you had like a driver, you had a person manning the turret in the back, right. and then you could also have somebody riding in like the passenger. passenger seat, and they could shoot with just the regular handheld gun. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, it was just usually me and Joey. But, you know, so the person driving 
you know, is doing one thing, so your vehicle's moving all kinds of different directions. At the same time, you got this person on the bike trying to keep a steady aim on their targets. <laughs> right. As they're right. just firing, just, you know, holding down the trigger, just unloading until their gun overheats. Mm-hmm. Which, which, to compensate for the inaccuracy, the, the gun puts out a really high amount of damage. It does. So it kills it people quicker in but, the game. But we were not skilled enough no. to be trying to make those type of plays. But we continue to always do that because I guess once we establish that was going to be our Your strategy, our, our characters, <laughs> you know, we're the Hog Brothers. We have to do this. Well, and I guess maybe for a while we thought it was the thing, you know, if I, we keep doing it, eventually we'll get good. And, and it just yeah. never happened. So <laughs> Trial by fire. You know, but but I remember those times, man. That I, and we had such a good time, man. It was so fun because we would just, all, all the kids would just hang out in this little apartment. We would play games and mm-hmm. eat food and you know, spend the day together, and it was always something we really looked forward to. And I remember even as we got older, eventually we moved up, you know, our uh, our game systems evolved with us, and we had a, we started getting Xbox 360s. Yeah. And we continued to bring those. Um, Halo over. 3, yeah. Yeah, well, we had Halo 3. But you also remember there was a game we loved to play, and this is also one they just released a new, I think a new version of, but the Left for Dead series. Oh yeah, yeah. For, they were so, great. I am right on that. Did they not release Back for like Blood? A, yeah, I think it's essentially <laughs> the same from the same group or Developers, whatever. It's yeah. ba- based off the same series or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, beside the point, there was you know back when the original Left for Dead came out. So for anybody who doesn't know what this game is, it's essentially like a first person zombie horde. It's kind of like a running gun. Like you kind of you you like so you play you can play with other people it, and you have these right. different characters that are essentially trying to navigate through certain maps. I mean it's a co-op to, based game. To object. And the whole time you're doing this there's these hordes of zombies that you have to fight through. Mm-hmm. And you can pick up weapons and ammunition and stuff, and you can use all the stuff at your disposal. So basically, you and your squad are moving through these maps, trying to survive and get to the next checkpoint. Right, the onslaught of zombies. Right. Yeah. And, and within these zombies, there's also like kind of like boss zombies that have like special abilities right, that make right. things more difficult. The bloater, and you know, they have one that's called the like the witch. They have one that's <laughs> like the tank horse. They right. have the big, you know, over <laughs> huge Hulk guy. Right. And um, they had, I can't remember, they had the one that was kind of like the, it was really fast and it could climb around and shoot, it had like a big long tongue that it could right, wrap yeah. around you. I can't yeah. remember what it was called. But anyways, they had these kind of like boss creatures that would also try to fight you and they were obviously harder to kill. Um, but anyways, it, what was kind of neat about these games is that at the end of every map, there was sort of like this final stand. Mm-hmm. So you would get to this final part of the map where essentially you would call in like this evacuation, right? Right. And Calling the chopper. as you were waiting for the evacuation to come, you would sort of be held up in an area, whether it's a house or, you know, a building or open area or whatever. And you had to sort of survive until the evac came. And the right. whole time, hordes of zombies and things would start trying to attack you periodically, almost in waves. And it would get a little bit harder as the time increased. Right. Um. Man, it was it was a blast. We had a, we had a really good time. We we started playing that game a lot. I remember we'd bring that over and we'd all play Left for Dead. And well, well, and, and I mean, but you're mentioning a really key element here, and that's the the cooperative aspect of these games. Yeah, <clears throat> because I can remember Halo was the first game that I ever actually experienced actually on the Warthog itself. 
it was the first game I ever experienced two people simultaneously working together, like, in sync as part of the game. And I know it existed prior to that, but it was kind of my first experience with it. So it was really interesting to me. And then the Left 4 Dead, you know, is kind of a co-op for its squad-based game. There's four of you. You consistently all have to work together. I think you can right. heal each other and stuff. you can stuff. revive people right, and help right. them and stuff. Yeah. They have a lot of really, I mean, it's all, it's really team-based, team-oriented. And I think that's, um, you know, I think it, it's kind of just this natural evolution that, that happened with games, and we got to kind of be a part of it. I mean, now look at games like yeah. Overwatch. I mean, look how intense well, you know, I was the gonna, team, I was gonna say works. that you know, even to this day, you know, at at our age, we we still sort of are doing that. Yeah, because yeah. we we do still play, and we still play games, mm-hmm. and we also still play with our cousins. Yeah, pretty regularly actually now, and. I think there's a certain reason why, for me, I feel like there's a certain reason why I'm drawn to that and why I still love to get on and play games with, like, my cousins and stuff and do things is because I do hearken back to sort of those those times, you know, right. that we had together. Right. And, I mean, I guess also kind of like what you're saying, that there's been a lot of advancement in games, so... Mm-hmm. The ability oh, to work together mm-hmm. and sort of have that cooperative play, like you were saying, has has become extraordinarily evolved. Well, it's kind of it's kind of that concept of the metaverse taking flight, right? The here, metaverse in, in our own reality. It's Welcome just isolated. Welcome to the metaverse. Right. <laughs> Clint Eastwood versus Mark Zuckerberg in you can't escape metaverse. Me, <laughs> I run everything here. <laughs> you're a goddamn fool for thinking that you're God. <laughs> and you can tell these people lies. <laughs> Somebody's got to stop you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Try, Clint. I'm immortal in the metaverse, Clint. <laughs> God, I love it. Oh, it's great. it's great. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> But anyways, what you're saying going into the, speaking but, of the metaverse. But I mean, it's kind of like like the precursor to the metaverse, but it's more of an isolated system, mm-hmm. as opposed to the metaverse is this idea of centrally bringing all of that bringing all of that together. It's sort of like totally immersing you into it, creating real world aspects that exist within mm-hmm. that reality. It's a really weird thing to think about, and of course, we're we're clearly in the most primitive form versions of it. But it's interesting to think you, what it will evolve into. Are you excited for what's to come? Or are you, you, you kind of leery about it? Or how do you feel about mm. I'm curious. I'm curious about it. The metaverse and what it will become in, in the future. Well, because with, with any type of innovation, there's going to be lots of really new and interesting things that come with it. Mm-hmm. So I think something that we're going to see change very drastically is um, the type of jobs that you see people doing hmm. anymore. How so? Well, I mean, I think outside of, you know, the the pandemic showing businesses that can we can almost completely eradicate overhead by going completely remote while getting, while getting um, just as much, if not more, productivity out of our workers while letting them do that. We're already seeing that transition. I try to kind of stay off social media anymore because of 
I mean, me and you make fun of it all the time, so it's probably obvious why we don't enjoy it as much as the other person does. But I see so many people, like especially our age, say that they are specifically looking for a remote-based job. I wonder why that is. I was reading an article about how, due to a lot of the effects of the workplace evolving and changing through the pandemic, um, it's kind of created this new idea of of kind of living your own life while you contribute to your job. So instead of you dedicating your physical self and your whole attention to the job, maybe it's more of something that's integrated within your lifestyle. So they were given the example of somebody sitting on the beach, you know, having a drink or something on their laptop, getting something done. It's kind of awakening these new ideologies, workplaces. Unfortunately, that's not always the reality. And I think that's also a fear that other companies share. I mean, hence the reason you hear a lot about, like, uh, what's those those things that, like, check to make sure you're clicking or, you know, your keys or your mouse. Have you ever heard of that? Some companies do that. Some remote-based companies check. I mean, they, they have systems that... Systems that make sure your 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 mouse is moving in your key. Right, right. So it's it's kind of um, it's monitoring you in a sense right. to make sure it's not micromanaging. Not, right, yeah. right. So I mean, I think I think that's um, I, I hate stuff like that because I think it's it kind of plays into the fact that we don't trust you, but it's also something that is a reality as well, and I understand that. Mm. So I don't know if for all businesses that's a practice, especially like things like manufacturing. I mean, it's just impossible to do. Most of the work itself is on-site based stuff. There's 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 a lot of jobs like that, but we're also living in the time where automation is becoming extremely prominent. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about from before the pandemic to now. Think about how much easier it is to get your groceries. Think about that one thing alone. And don't get me wrong, Walmart pickup may have existed before COVID. I, I can't remember, but. I remember the first time I ever tried it, how incredibly amazing it was. It's not that I hate grocery shopping because I'm just a guy who doesn't like grocery shopping. It's more or less I'm just bad at it. I have a problem finding everything. I have a problem with knowing what what I want to get. And I remember with this new service being provided by Walmart, sitting down at my computer, clicking (laughs) bacon, orange Just type it in, right, directly. Bread, milk. (laughs) Food. I mean, just, <laughs> it was so easy. Chips. And then I all of a sudden, I pull up to this this sign right there out in front of Walmart, and this, this person brings out on this little cart, they bring out all these groceries and load my car for me. Have a nice day, sir. You're like, huh? I'm like, man, what a fucking time to be alive right now. I'm like, this is incredible. But think about that one singular innovation, how much, and that's here to stay, man. Think of that one thing and how much easier it's 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 made life and more convenient for us. But... Also think about the social aspect that's being excluded from that experience as well. Now, somebody like me loves that, but other people may not. Other mm-hmm. people, well, I mean, we are social creatures by nature. Right. So it's really, it's completely normal to desire that type of interaction, but it's interesting to see how these types of things are now changing that and how it's limiting our interaction with each other. Yeah. So this is all wrapping around to the idea that it's interesting that the metaverse has really started to become a very talked about thing and, and people are starting to actually kind of look at it and ponder about what it could be and they're starting to take it serious. The really, It's still only in the really primitive stages, but I'm curious. I, I'm curious. I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just curious. Kind of one of those things you have to see how it's used and... Well, it's all about what how the systems work. I mean, if we're going to abide by like the laws of cryptocurrency... Everything is completely anonymous, but it's 100% public. 
it's kind of a true it's it's like a true version of a free market. So we're talking about how we enjoy the social aspect through gaming and just kind of anticipating what's going to become, like what the metaverse is going to become. Yeah. With the real with the surgence of NFTs, I mean we're already starting to see digital assets. We're literally seeing it right now. You can go buy digital based assets. It exists. I mean it's real. Right. So would you say that that to some degree the metaverse already exists? It does. It, it really does. Like the foundations of it have been paved. I believe the metaverse is really really started with crypto because crypto allowed that type of innovation and that type of evolution within its within its structure and it allowed it allowed something that's truly free and truly open to prosper and to evolve on its own without the confines of man. But to kind of circle back around, I, I think that, it, you know, we still, um, you know, just thinking back of those times, socializing and bonding over a video game and now sort of seeing, I guess what you're saying, kind of seeing maybe our social aspects evolving into the evolution of those experiences, the, the digital world or the digital realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Time will tell. We'll yeah. have to see. The metaverse. Metaverse. Metaver, welcome to the metaverse. We need to, we need to get him out. His body can't take it. <laughs> the continuation of the metaverse. Fucking plug me up, <laughs> Clint. <laughs> Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> I don't know if your body will. I don't know if your body will survive it. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready. My body doesn't release me. Just Rele fucking leave me in there. Release me of my shell. <laughs> Send me to the metaverse. <laughs> well, anyways, just to kind of wrap things yeah, up, yeah. you know, just talking about Thanksgiving and being thankful. And we're thankful for, you know, very thankful for the opportunities we had in the last year. And we're very thankful for all of you that listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. And take the time each week to sit down and have a drink with us. It's important to us, yeah. And listen to our... Uh, our nonsense. <laughs> Our nonsensical talks. Me for... and you are, I mean, we're just two chimps that figured out how to hook up <laughs> some equipment to a to a shitty laptop and we started recording conversations. That's all it is. Well, I'm thankful that we decided to do it. Me too. Me too. I really am. Oh, yeah. I'm thankful for Shelby too. Absolutely. Yeah. Shelby takes care of all our, all, all of our, uh, Cool graphics and visuals and social media. She's kind of like our PR. Yeah, the man, the band manager. Our manager. You know, we're stumbling. Hey Chris, we we're stumbling around half drunk, and she's like, "All right, guys, come on." You know, it's <laughs> time to go sit in your chairs. Time to time to. Oh, but, uh, we'll get uh, we'll get in there. We we'll get in. Uh... No, just kidding. That's <laughs> not like that. Well, as always, Chris, it's been a good time. I agree. And if you enjoy what you heard tonight, we are streaming on all major platforms. And you can check us out on any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, everybody stay true, stay real, stay righteous.